welcome into the PHNX D-Bags podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, formerly known as the mayor of PHNX. This guy's still your vice mayor. He still has to do whatever Shane says now. Uh, he's also here Thunderstick. It's Jesse Friedman. Jesse, we might be talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks being in sole possession of first place in the National League West by the end of this very show. As it stands, the Los Angeles Dodgers that had a significant lead over the Cincinnati Reds have now completely blown that lead and the Reds win. They walk it off in the ninth. Dodgers lose. Diamondbacks are number one in your hearts and they're number one in the goddamn National League West. Jesse, get excited. He's not allowed (laughs) to get excited, but you guys get excited. Let's go. Yeah, this I mean, what a what a game. Wow. Uh, the Reds and the Dodgers. Of course, this is Ellie De La Cruz's long awaited uh, major league debut. Man, and boy, did he perform in this game. He, he absolutely did. was. He had two what two walks and a, and a yeah, double. That he was he, on. He was on three times, one for three with a double and a couple of walks. That double was a 100 and a blistering 112 miles an hour off the bat. Uh, but this is it was a really a pretty crazy game. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers led eight to three going into the bottom of the fifth inning and the Reds scored six unanswered runs the rest of the way, including three in the bottom of the ninth to win that game. So the Diamondbacks, uh, as of this moment, Derek, the Diamondbacks do not have the best record in the National League. That still belongs to the Atlanta Braves. However, 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 uh, the Atlanta Braves are currently trailing to the New York Mets four to one. And if the Braves were to lose that game, the Diamondbacks would have sole possession of the best record in the National League. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we haven't even talked about the Diamondbacks beating is the Washington this, Nationals today. Is this today, a dream? Is uh, this reality? Jesse, Jesse, it is June 6th. It is far past that point of this being a fluke. Am I right? Because like you said, the Diamondbacks in a similar position as the Reds. They found themselves down by a tremendous amount after the first inning, in fact, because the Diamondbacks got stoned early. And, of course, I'm somebody <laughs> that knows a little bit about getting stoned too early. But, uh, yes, former D-back Stone Garrett hit a monster grand slam off of Tommy Henry uh, that had a very, like, a 98-mile-per-hour exit velocity. So it had to basically just kind of a perfect uh, exit trajectory. But uh, he still got that one out of the park, and the Diamondbacks found themselves down 4 to nothing before uh, they even picked up a single single hit so uh well they did score in the top of the first oh that's true i apologize yeah you're right four to one they led one to nothing but yeah the the nationals came storming back uh, but the answer back the answer back and uh honestly i I don't know tommy henry didn't look great today but you gotta admit he did at least uh recover from that uh from that grand slam and didn't kind of didn't fall apart uh and allowed them to, to get back in this game yeah, I mean, four and a third innings, five hits, five runs, three walks, two strikeouts. Tommy Henry was not good in, no. in this game, especially against, uh, you know, a Washington Nationals offense that is not among one of the better offenses in baseball. Um, but as Brett Johnson says, uh, Stone and Tommy were roomies in Reno, so that's got to be tough on Tommy. There you to go. Give up that there you go. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was tough on a lot of D-backs fans in general, right? Like, of course, it had to be Stone of Garrett it had to be who would hit the, right. the grand slam, yeah, yeah. and that came after Sunday's game, which I haven't gotten to talk about because I was out of town. Uh, the Diamondbacks gave up uh, a very unfortunate grand slam in the ninth inning of Sunday's game and ultimately lost the series to the Atlanta Braves as a result. So they lost you had, the series to Eddie Rosario, basically. Yeah, they but, yeah, yeah, Eddie Rosario <laughs> single-handedly won the series for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, but yeah, technically the Diamondbacks in back-to-back innings gave up grand slams, yeah. uh, which is uh, not exactly the way you want to do things. Uh, but ultimately the D-backs come away 
uh, with the 10-5 win. And Tommy Henry was not good, but the bullpen was. And the offense was also very good for the Diamondbacks in this game. You come back and you instantly found a way to, to, to be extremely negative by packaging those two grand slams together in a way I hadn't even thought about. Yeah, it. You're right. Yeah. Back-to-back <laughs> grand slams and games. Good, good stuff in innings. But uh, you're right, though. The Diamondbacks offense was extremely good in this one. I think uh, the one thing we had a hard time was determining who the King Snake was because nobody stood out. But they did get contributions from everyone. Right. Uh, the one person, of course, that none of you wanted him to get contributions from was Paven Smith. And you know it because that just extends his stay further. But Paven Smith <laughs> continues to get big, big homers, big hits, even though uh, his stat line really says otherwise. But he was two for six with three RBIs in this one. The run score, he got that big home run. Cattell Marte, uh, not the best day, but he got on base and he scored a couple of times. Uh, Corbin Carroll did some magical things with his legs out there. So did Jake McCarthy. Uh, Jesse commented about how Jake McCarthy just gets on base and immediately it's just almost automatic that he gets to second base. Every single time it feels like whether it's a walk, whether it's a single, whether he grounded out and somehow beats it out to the first base, he finds a way to get on the second, in some cases even third. Uh, And we saw the Diamondbacks doing that thing that we – needed to see of them again which is creating chaos on the base path they had the nationals absolutely flustered out there with with the running on the base path and then the nats couldn't do anything to keep up with them yeah and the d-backs also had multiple instances in this game we're on a on a fly out that was uh, i think in both cases relatively deep but not all that deep the d-backs were able to tag up from first and second to second and third which was really really impressive uh, this team continues to be outstanding on the base paths, not only from a base stealing perspective, uh, but just from a taking the extra base yep. uh, sort of perspective. The Diamondbacks are are outstanding at that. Uh, but yeah, Jake McCarthy is is insane on the base paths uh, since he came back. I believe he's been on base 11 times since coming back from AAA, and he has stolen eight bases. Uh, so basically about, uh, about two out of every three times that Jake McCarthy gets on base he's stealing a base he's stealing second immediately after getting on first which is extremely impressive he has 12 stolen bases and he was a big part of of what was missing of the diamondbacks being able to create chaos they had four stolen bases tonight uh more importantly they were five for 15 with runners in scoring position and even though that's not like fantastic it's still much better than what we've seen out of them as of late and uh that's the reason why they were able to score 10 runs they were getting guys in the scoring position and they were able to bring them in uh, we can't say enough about what Emmanuel, Emmanuel Rivera continues to do for this team at the yeah. plate because his bat has just been absolutely red hot. He raised his average to 348 in this game. Uh, he went two for three with an RBI himself and a run scored. And, like, I don't know. Emmanuel Rivera just seems to be that guy. Like, Emmanuel Rivera needs to be hitting higher in, in the lineup, in my opinion. He needs to be hitting first or second because he's just on base. I know he's not fast. Um, but I don't no. know if we really do. We really care about that when the guy's hitting 350. I mean, Paven Smith is the Diamondbacks' leadoff hitter That's a lot that. of the time. See? So I, I that don't backs know. If, up that. Uh, that backs up I don't know. That if speed idea. is necessarily the primary factor <laughs> there, but uh, yeah, I mean, what Emmanuel Rivera has done uh, for the Diamondbacks offensively this year is is really incredible. I mean, he's hitting 348, 383 on base percentage, 461 slugging percentage, and he's just been really consistent. Like it feels like ever since the Diamondbacks called up Emmanuel Rivera, he's been hitting 340. Like ever since uh, the Diamondbacks made that move. Uh, And if you look at some of the Statcast numbers, it's not really a fluke. Uh, His 
expected batting average coming into this game was well over 300 on the season. So uh, according to, you know, from that standpoint, he's been one of the Diamondbacks better hitters. Uh, and just looking at, at some of the normal metrics, he's been one of the D-backs better hitters as well. Uh, he's hitting a ton of line drives. His line drive rate is absolutely through the roof. That's been one of the main reasons that he's been able to do this. Um, I don't know if Emmanuel Rivera is, is going to be a 340 hitter for the rest of his career, uh, but at this point, it feels is, like it. It sort of does feel like it, uh, and it also sort of feels like the Diamondbacks need to get Rivera in the lineup pretty much every day at yeah. this point, point. Um, and that's uh, made a little bit more complicated by the fact that this team has three third basemen on the roster right now uh, in Rivera, Josh Rojas, and Evan Longoria. So. Uh, you know, there's still a, a looming roster decision, theoretically, with Kyle Lewis potentially making his way back to the big leagues pretty soon. Sure. Um, and you wonder if uh, at this point the Diamondbacks can't really send down Emmanuel Rivera as much as that might have made sense a few weeks ago. Here's the thing is the the offense today. I mean, you know, you had the Pavin Smith home run, but the, the Diamondbacks really did this with it felt like with their legs with the, you know, running on the base path. Yeah. Um, it, their only home run was that Pavin Smith dinger. So, uh, but they're able to score ten runs, and that's what we've seen this offense be able to do at times. Today, they were uh, definitely running the way that the Diamondbacks' offense can run, and it's you know going back to Jake McCarthy. It's why Jake McCarthy is so important. We saw him make a spectacular play in the outfield as well. Yeah, he had a good day in you center know, field. Uh, Brad Waterman wants to know if can Rojas still be optioned? Uh, I believe he can. He can. But, yeah. Uh, let's not do that yet because Josh Rojas is our king snake. We're not optioning the king snake. King snake tonight. Josh Rojas, two for three, three RBI, one run scored. Uh, I know it's been slow for Josh, and again, the power still isn't there. We talked about it when when he was at the dish with I think the bases loaded. How great it would have been to uh, to see a dinger in that spot. But uh, his first first of the year, I still don't know what's wrong with Josh Rojas in regards you know to his power. But it seems as of late, at least his hitting is coming back, and he has been. Uh, much better over the last few games. And tonight, again, big piece of tonight's victory is those those three RBI he drove in. Yeah, I mean, he is at this point five for 11, if I'm counting correctly, over his last three games. All five of those hits are singles. So like you said, you'd like to see some power from sure, Josh Rojas absolutely. at some point. He still has yet to hit that first home run of the season. Uh, but, I mean, Josh Rojas is ultimately here to get on base and cause havoc on the base pass. He's right? the That's, disruptor. He is, he is the disruptor, and the D-backs haven't really gotten uh, to take advantage much of his base-stealing ability to this point in the season because he just hasn't been on base very much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as far as, you know, could Rojas be optioned? Yeah, he could. He does have options remaining. The Diamondbacks could make that decision. Uh, they certainly have not been shy about making bold moves like that so far this season. And on paper, if you were to have to make a decision today on who to send down, uh, Rojas might make the most sense. But, yes, he did just have two hits in this game and has five hits in his last three games. So, you know, maybe Josh is starting to starting to turn things around here. In the battle of these two bullpens, uh, they're, they're, the, the Nationals is just they're just very, very bad. Uh, <laughs> they're so bad that they don't have a lefty in their bullpen how how do you even exist as a franchise i don't know uh i know i know the diamondbacks at times aren't much better when it comes to uh their you know the them varying things and switching things up as far as uh like their starting rotation and 12 year old such, teams have have lefties I'm in the bullpen pretty sure 12 year old teams have lefties in the bullpen yeah but <laughs> uh the diamondbacks bullpen we've 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 bashed them quite a bit 
uh, but they deserve, I think, a little bit of credit. They were very good tonight. And uh, most importantly, Scott McGuff is an international sex symbol, right? Oh, my gosh. Baby, turn the lights <laughs> off when Scott McGuff pitches, <laughs> oh okay? Let's slide into bed and let's watch this. Because Scott <laughs> McGuff has just been straight up sexy lately. Over the last 30 days, Scott McGuff has given up, up one earned run in the last 30 days. Now, this man has he's gotten a lot of uh, flack, especially from these guys over here, or at least one of these two guys over here, and maybe one of those guys over there behind the <laughs> computer. But uh, I think he's very much turned things around and deserves credit because he's been absolutely excellent. In fact, um, you could argue he's been the best reliever in the pen. Uh, Jose Ruiz also has been just outstanding. He, he had he had one really bad outing that sticks out, you know, as far as in memory. He had a couple pretty bad. A couple of pretty bad. Couple outings, pretty bad. Outings, pretty but, bad uh, Jose Ruiz has been very good as well. He got the win tonight, by the way. Yeah, Scott McGuff, man, he's good. He's like, good. Hashtag <laughs> like, good. It it did not it did not appear uh, after those first few games that Scott McGuff pitched in the big leagues. It was like, all right, well, you you know, you're kind of taking a chance here on a guy coming over from Japan, hoping the success translates and. Uh, you're going to swing and miss on those every now and again. And and it sort of looked like Scott McGuff, you know, was was an adequate middle reliever, you know, could could give you some innings in in lower leverage situations, maybe. Uh, but he didn't look like the guy that the D-backs hoped he would be. And it's been made pretty evident at this point that when the Diamondbacks signed Scott McGuff, they signed him. Maybe not necessarily to be the closer, although I think they did sort of have that in mind, at least to be a high leverage arm. And, uh, you know, we saw what happened in in San Diego in one of the first games of the season where he gives up back to back home runs uh, to to start the bottom of the ninth inning. And the Diamondbacks turned a a, you know, four, three win into a five, four loss. Uh, There have been a couple ugly moments for on the season for Scott McGuff, but. As of late, he has been the most consistent reliever that this team has. And I kind of wonder, Derek, if we're not too far away from having a conversation about Scott McGuff joining, uh, you know, that that closer group that the Diamondbacks have, that closer committee that the Diamondbacks have going right now, uh, because he has been probably their best reliever here for the last month. In 12 games, he has given up six hits, uh, and that is in 16 and a third innings pitch. So that, again... Very good. Connor says Scott went from McRuff to McTuff as nails. Put it on a shirt, more Connor. Put it on he a has shirt. he has an opponent batting average of one fifty three. There's there's some luck baked into that. Like you're not going to maintain a one seventy four Babbitt for an entire season, um, but that is really impressive. Uh, Scott McGuff has figured out the feel on his splitter, which is something he really struggled with early in the season. He was relying a lot more on a slider that is not nearly as good of a pitch as his splitter is. Uh, and you saw him throw some nasty splitters in this game. Uh, and his fastball is a pretty decent shape, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he he continues to be a force in this bullpen and uh, is only going to continue to get more and more high leverage innings as he continues to have this kind of success. Tommy Henry, Ryan Nelson, both have not been very successful uh, in their last no. starts, right? Uh, I know that this is an ever developing situation and it's never going to be, you know, they it's never going to be where either of these guys have completely won the job or they're going to. It's not really a developing situation, Derek. It's just it's just kind of the it's just kind of the stagnant situation. I mean, it's a developing situation (laughs) when they're going from such extremes to having their best outing. You That's know, true. of the year, yeah. Tommy to Henry has Tommy had Henry. some really, some really nice games recently. Yeah, and point. and then he goes out and goes four and a thirds and give up five earned runs. Now, obviously, a lot of that was the bad first inning, and I'm you can't just say yeah. you can't just say you subtract that out. But outside of that, he only gave up one earned run, right? So really, he just had a bad 
he really did just have a bad inning, but it was a kind of a disastrous start to this game. Uh, it just also put a lot of stress in the bullpen. The Diamondbacks end up having to use uh, four relievers in total. Those guys came out and did their job and did their job extremely well, uh, including Jose Ruiz, who basically pitched two innings. He went one and two thirds uh, and didn't give up a hit, didn't give up a run. Uh, and just looked very good. So, yeah, uh, the, this bullpen, uh, you know, I think this bullpen is still has some very, very good arms in it. But I, I feel like the bigger story here is that we have to kind of keep an eye on Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson now almost every outing to see if if they are potentially on a short leash, leash when it comes to the starting rotation. Yeah. Not, not knowing whether that could be Dre Jamison potentially getting their spot or Brandon Fott being called back up to take one of their spots. But it does feel like, uh, you know, uh, again, both of them kind of went from having some fairly good outings consistently over the last few to uh, back-to-back bad outings for both of them. Yeah, a couple numbers uh, stick out uh, for Tommy Henry for me today. Uh, one of them is the number five, which is the number of whiffs that Tommy Henry had in this game. Not not an impressive number at all. No. If you have five whiffs in a game, it's no. uh, you know it's going to be tough to have a have a good outing with that little swing and miss. Three of those were on fastballs. He threw some some nice four seamers up in the zone that got swing and misses, but his changeup wasn't really there for him in this game. That's really been the key for Tommy Henry. These last few starts that have been pretty good. His changeup has been the the main pitch in that. His curveball has also been pretty good of late. He only had one whiff on that pitch in this game as well. Uh, the other number that sticks out to me is 21%, which was the chase rate uh, for the Washington Nationals in this game. They only swung at 21% of pitches outside of the strike zone, which is which is not great. Um and, and a lot of that is because, especially early in this game, Tommy Henry was throwing a lot of very uncompetitive pitches, uh, just missing way to the arm side by multiple feet in some cases. No major league hitter is going to chase those pitches. Yeah. And Brent Strom, uh, in his last meeting with the media last week, talked specifically about Tommy Henry and how the, the key to him reaching the next level is cutting down on those big misses uh, to the glove side. And in this game, he was not at all good at, at minimizing those mistakes. Jacob Franklin in the chat, a.k.a. Fodge, my co-host from yesterday, asks, are the D-backs officially the Phoenix team with the brightest future? Huh. I, 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 can't, ha- I can't see how you could argue otherwise. The reason why I, I mean, will say the that. the Suns? Well, uh, I don't know, Derek. <laughs> here's what I will say about the Suns. Would you not agree that based on what they did with the trade for Durant and their current roster – I'm not saying that the Suns aren't going to add to it. I'm not saying they can't make other trades. I'm not saying they can't bring in some fresh new players. But with the, the way they are constructed now, it feels like their window is closing more than staying open for a long period of time, right? Whereas the Arizona Diamondbacks, it feels like they're unexpectedly good early. And it also feels like their window to be competitive is open for quite some time because they finally established their core, right? And now with their core being established, now they can go out there and they can add pieces, uh, I feel like, to this team that's going to make it better. Uh, there are people in the chat talking about uh, Thunderbolt said no, not after your last Saturday and Sunday. Man, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a series loss. Like It's going to happen. Against a really good team. Against too. a very yeah. good team. And to be honest, I'm not trying to take away the fact that Miguel Castro blew that game. But, you know, looked at what the bullpen did tonight. Like I feel like... Bullpen's been pretty darn good. You know that, that was definitely lately. a poor performance on his part, but the Diamondbacks were in a position to win that game, and that would have given them the series. 
one game completely turns around their season or your outlook on them? I don't think so. I do think that Miguel Castro isn't necessarily the right man for the job when it comes to that uh, ninth inning role. But I think, unfortunately, the Diamondbacks are still going with this closer by committee thing. And I don't think that they're going to uh, maybe maybe stray away from that. I think they're still going to go with whatever reliever they feel like gives them the best opportunity to win in the ninth. And I don't know if that's going to set them up for long-term success. Maybe they pursue that that arm, like Jesse said earlier. Maybe McGuff ends up being that arm. He has been consistently good. And if you remain this consistently good, you've got to be looked at for, for a closing role or at least a high-leverage role for this team, which... I'm sure he will. Uh, to the to the earlier question about yeah. are are the Suns the are, team with the brightest or are the D backs the team with the brightest future in sure. the valley? Uh I still I'm a little hesitant to go there at this point just because the Suns have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And I mean, I guess it depends on how you view the question. Are you looking like ten years out, then I mean, I don't I don't know if you could even say that about the D backs team. That's a long ways away. We have Corbin Carroll and Scott McGuff. I'm not saying yeah, ten years right. out. <laughs> No, but I, I Is just he think wrong. Do we not have Corbin Carroll and Scott McGuff? <laughs> I mean, okay. you, don't have, you don't have Scott McGuff 10 years okay. from now. No. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I think with where the Suns are at, I mean, I think they're instant championship contenders just because they have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, uh, whereas the D-backs were not quite there yet. Right. The D-backs are, are playing really well. They've had a really good start to the season over the first you know, around the around the 60 game mark at this point. But you're not like, oh, the D-backs are, you know, championship content. I mean, maybe they will be when all is said and done. But I don't think we've really seen enough of this team yet in order to in order to get to that point. But if you're just kind of counting like future assets, then, yeah, I mean, the D-backs have Drew Jones on the way. They have Jordan Lawler on the way. Uh, there are more long-term assets to be excited about well, here. And than that's the thing, the is trading away pieces like Cam and McHale makes it feel like this team is more about now rather than yeah. the future. And I think the Diamondbacks, yeah. the, the benefit they have is they are obviously more about the future than the now. But guess what? Right now, right now, on June 6th, 2023, the goddamn Diamondbacks are the number one team in the National League West and yeah, maybe the second best team in the National League with the Braves winning, but I don't care about that. I'm not worried about them. They're not in our division. The Braves are still they're still trailing, but it's four to three now. Oh, they're so, trailing? Yeah, they're trailing by one run. Oh, come on. Instead of three runs. Let's so get we'll this. we'll see. We'll see how Let's things get this end done. There. Uh but I did pick the Arizona Diamondbacks today on the PHNX bet show to win by uh, the run line of a, a run and a half. And I will take that bet uh, and I will take that money. And we've teamed up with bet MGM this season and we use their lines to make all of our picks. Uh, of course, we have special offers for our listeners each week, uh, every Saturday and Wednesday. You can claim your bonus bet on the house at bet MGM. Fans will automatically receive a bonus bet upon logging into your account. Uh, the bets expire for 72 hours, so don't wait. But bonus bets can only be used on any sport wagers, but they are there for you. Free money for you to use and make some more money with. Uh, you can also check us out uh, uh, at the Knockout Knights Cornhole League. We will be out at the Bet MGM Sportsbook uh, out at State Farm Stadium. Uh, we will be getting our butts kicked regularly on the first Friday of every month uh, in Cornhole, and we will be having a great time. So join us. There's food and beverage specials, giveaways, Bet MGM prizes, 
free bonus bets on the house from BetMGM. Anyone show up and get that. Shows will be broadcast live on site beforehand. Uh, we will be out there doing this show from the BetMGM Sportsbook. So join us. Uh, and if you haven't signed up for the BetMGM yet, app yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a different offer uh, depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full disclaim, uh, for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-522-4700. Kansas, Nevada. 1-800-327-5050. Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan. Well, we thank you guys for being here in the PHN Exports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you do so. Uh, leave us a little thumbs up just for our own personal self-esteem. And make sure you sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. If you're listening to us now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. But most importantly, if you haven't become part of the PHNX family yet, make sure to do so right away over at gophnx.com. Get yourself a diehard membership now. I just found out today that the Die Hard membership also provides you with a ranch card for Dobson Ranch Golf Course, which is something I didn't even know was a benefit. That right there, folks, that right there, I'm going to tell you, that pays for your membership just straight out of the gate. But you also get a free piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com for every year you're a member, 20% off all future purchases, and you get a free $50 gift certificate from our friends at Mountain Mike. So right there, boom, boom, boom. We're kind of just like handing you We're free money, you money at a certain and free point, stuff, basically. basically. Yeah, right. It's not wrong. <laughs> but uh, you also get access to our Discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona Diamondbacks fan. Uh, you get uh, discounts with our partners. You get uh, special discounts on our events, as well as exclusive invites to events, exclusive take, uh, excuse me, exclusive diehard uh, merchandise only, and so much more. So sign up right now. GoPHNX.com. Uh, we love you to do so. And of course, Jesse does not put most of his content behind a paywall, but the few pieces that are, you will get that as well with your diehard membership. So make sure to do so. That way you're not missing out on this guy and everything, uh, all the wonderful stuff he has to offer as well. But uh, going back, we talked about that series with the Braves. And I guess uh, one thing I wanted to ask you since you weren't here to discuss it was, did you feel like this series exposed some of the weaknesses that we've kind of been talking about a, a little bit, right? Like they did not score a run, Jesse, against the bullpen against the Braves. Not a single run, a 0.00 ERA. Yeah. So we've talked about the Diamondbacks struggling to score late in games, and we also talked about Obviously, the bullpen and the Diamondbacks still not really having a, a, a lockdown guy there in the ninth. We saw them do a much better job, obviously, in this game. But uh, we, we, you know, we didn't want to put too much pressure on that Braves series. But taking a look at it and how important it was, did it really show some of the weaknesses that the Diamondbacks still need to kind of address? It was, yeah. I mean, it's funny you you say like the D backs really struggled to to hit relievers in that series because that's something we've talked about a lot. Yeah. Um. And wow. Yeah. This this is. I don't think we've ever seen this in all of our days doing by oh, the numbers graphics. I don't think I've no. ever seen a perfect zero ERA you for can, a bullpen. You can ask Damon. I checked this six times because I thought <laughs> I was just being dumb and missing it. I was like. Is this right? I think I even had him check too. It was I incredible. did. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I was in I was in Washington on vacation, but I did. Uh, you know, look at all the 
box scores and watch highlights and whatnot. And uh, and yeah, it, pretty much every time I looked at the box score for one of those Braves games, it was like, yeah, it feels like a pretty typical D-backs game. Like in a lot of those games, uh, you know, they were doing their damage early. And then, uh, you know, as we've been discussing, just not really able to do anything late. So uh, I still don't know, like, how do you how do you distinguish that being an actual weakness of the team versus just like a weird anomaly anomaly yeah because i i don't uh, when we asked tory about that recently he didn't seem to have any like clear answers or anything it didn't seem like something that it was something they talked about you know trying to keep the pressure on the opposing pitching staff and getting better attacking on runs but you know you can't just start getting better at that just by talking about it like I, i don't know if there's really a problem here that's being fixed or if it is just sort of a weird anomaly at this point in the season um But I think, you know, if we're talking about maybe weaknesses exposed, I think the lack of maybe a true closer uh, continues to be uh, a potential issue for this team. Miguel Castro has had a few of these pretty rough moments late in games. He's given up a few pretty big home runs. Of course, this one was accentuated because it was a grand slam and it put, you know, put the Braves up three runs. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think it's abundantly clear that when the trade deadline rolls around, a a closer uh, would be something the Diamondbacks <laughs> Boy, would benefit be a lot nice. from. I it mean, could you so nice. could you imagine if this team had, you know, maybe it's an Aroldis Chapman, uh, you know, from the Kansas City Royals, a player who is widely expected to be traded. If you plug in an Aroldis Chapman into the back end of this bullpen, you know, and then suddenly Castro and Chafin and, and McGuff become your seventh and eighth inning guys, that really starts to change the dynamic of this bullpen. I think that's, you know, a, a clear weakness that this series with Atlanta might have exposed. Uh, and I mean, again, it's it's funny because if Miguel Castro was their closer and he just blew this game, that would just be your closer blowing the game, right? But I yeah. feel like it's easier to pin it on Torrey's, you know, uh, basically his, his, you know, closer by committee situation because of, you know, the way that that went. I do think, though, that that should be definitely a focus of theirs. I just don't know because sometimes you know how Tori is. When he commits to doing something, he kind of lets it play out, you know, and I, I don't know. We I feel like this season we have seen this franchise, not just Tori, but the entire organization do a better job about not fully committing to something that doesn't work, even if it's going to cost them big, like what yeah. we saw them in parting ways with Madison Bumgarner. Look yeah. at the direction this team has gone since parting ways with with Mad Bum. And, I mean, of course, like it, 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 it's a huge sacrifice they ended up having to make, but it's something you have to do to make this team better. And, and that's kind of where we're at right now. A couple of people have mentioned Liam Hendricks in the chat. Um I think he is a, a potential trade target. There are a couple of issues there. Uh, number one, uh, he's only had a few outings, three innings, two runs. I don't think you're super concerned about that. He obviously has a pretty impressive track record, and uh, the stuff appears to have maybe dropped off a little bit, but maybe it's still good enough for a back-end role. I do believe that there's a clause in Liam Hendricks' contract where if he gets traded, um, then I want to say it guarantees his contract for next year at $15 million um, or something along those lines. I, m- I might have the detail, the exact details on that wrong, but there's something that's triggered if Liam Hendricks is traded that probably puts you in a spot where you don't really want him anymore. Um, so I don't really see Liam Hendricks being, uh, you know, at the top of the D-backs trade wish list. Uh, Scott Barlow and Aldis Chapman, a package deal from the Royals, 
uh, you feel like you'd have to pay a king's ransom for that, given how much demand there's going to be at the deadline for bullpen arms and getting two of them in, in one trade. But uh, yeah, I mean, that would do wonders for this Diamondbacks team if they were able to get two guys in one deal like that. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. We're still still a ways away from that, obviously. Uh, we, we've won the trade with Casey before and we'll win it again. Damn it. Um, I did discuss Tory putting out his best lineup against the Braves for all three games in, in an effort to try to, I mean, I know, I know again, this is a regular season thing. I know Tory's not going to vastly change his ways uh, in the middle of the regular sure. season, but I still felt like uh, there was a lot left on the table as far as the lineup goes and as far as Tory being able to put guys out. We did learn that Lourdes is uh, suffer- suffering from a, a strained groin, right. so uh, he hasn't been 100%. But it, it really didn't feel like during that series, it just felt like Tory did what he what he does. You know, like he's just going to he's going to have a game plan in place and he's it's going to progress regardless of the opponent. And I mean, that's one area that I think a lot of people criticize him on is his uh, starting lineup, uh, crew, yeah. you know, management and, you know, his ability to kind of do this during what we view uh, as as important series. But he might just view as another three game series in the middle of a hundred and sixty two game season. Yeah, I mean, I don't believe for a second that Tori Lovello is, you know, not not trying to to win games or not trying to do everything that he reasonably can to win games. Obviously, guys need days off. That's something a lot of a lot of fans don't just refuse to realize that guys do need. They days had a off. day off on Monday, Jesse, and then they played the Nationals and then they played the Tigers. There is plenty of time for yeah, days that's off. true. That's that true. was my there, big thing with that series. There are there is definitely uh, a case to be made that it, at times maybe Tori. It overdoes it a little bit on on that front um but yeah i mean i think the biggest gripe that people have is probably paven smith in the leadoff spot oh, right yeah. we've seen multiple comments already in the chat where people are literally annoyed Derek, that paven smith has good games because then you know it just kind of gives the diamondbacks more reason to continue putting him at the top of the lineup when a lot of people don't really feel like he belongs there at this point gabriel says what if we get shelby miller from the dodgers they're barely a wild card team as if i won't fight him the next time i see him fascinating comment i don't could you imagine the dodgers and the diamondbacks make a trade that sends shelby (laughs) miller who's been pretty good for them this year not i think he's shocked like you shut up rate is kind of high but this is awful i I don't i don't foresee that happening in every way in every way but uh i did again we didn't they they lost the Braves series whatever you're not going to get that one back but at the same time uh the braves are a tough team and the diamondbacks i guess uh, if you want to look at things positively uh they they easily could have won two out of three they didn't and they walk away learning a bit and still kind of trying to find some answers to uh, things that that's not going to be the only series that their their bullpen costs them if they can't figure things out with who yeah. they can rely on there in the ninth inning. But uh, I did want to get your thoughts also on Tori Lovello's extension. Lovello yes. signed that one year contract extension through the end of 2024. Kind of came up. Uh, I mean, uh, in, uh, in the middle of all of this success the team is having, so it kind of makes sense. I felt like part of it does kind of take that off of Tori's mind uh, for the year. Right, because his contract was going to be up at the end of the season. And as much as Tory as a person can sit there and say that it in no way, shape, or form impacts him and he doesn't think about it at all, it's still a looming thing. Right. Sure. So it's, I, I feel like there's times where Tory might lay in bed or just have a moment of relaxation where a thought about that kind of might just all of a sudden creep into the back of his mind. 
And it's good for him to not have that with the team having the success it is so he can stay focused on this goal of trying to make this underdog team into a potential contender. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Tori's gotten pretty used to being a lame duck manager, right? Uh, he'll be entering, as things stand right now, he'll be entering a fourth straight season on a one-year contract. Uh, so at this point, at this point, if you gave Tori an extension, it would just be, I mean, he would just be in complete foreign territory. He has no idea what that kind of job security like feels years. like. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what he would do with himself. Um, but yeah, it sounds like the at least one of the reasons that Mike Hazen gave for this it was that he basically implied that his own contract, the contract of Mike Hazen, the Diamondbacks GM, also goes to the end of next year. And it's pretty rare for a team to have its manager extended farther out than its general manager. Right. So I don't think this necessarily closes the door on the Diamondbacks giving Tory Lovello a long-term extension, yeah. potentially even before the end of this year. I just think that they would have to get to a place where they're committed to Mike Hazen first. Yeah. And then if Mike Hazen got that extension, then the Diamondbacks could follow it up and give Tori Lovello that extension as well. And we still don't know how long Mike Hazen's contract is for. But it sounds like it is based on that comment. It yeah. very much sounds like Mike the, Hazen is through 2020. The comment was yeah. very much about basically it aligning with the rest of 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 them and like it very much sounded like Mike Hazen was including himself in that group. Yeah. And it makes sense. This group has been around for a while. Manager Tori Lovello has been a manager of this team for a while. Mike Hazen has been the GM. Uh you could argue that this team hasn't lived up to its potential. You could also argue that uh, my metaphor was Mike Hazen was given uh, a broken vase after a party and was told to put it together quick before the parents got home. And he <laughs> did his best damn job. He found every piece. He <laughs> fucking super glued the shit out of that. He put that puzzle back together. He got rid of those bad contracts. He got rid of, uh, he completely rebuilt the farm system that was absolutely in disarray when he got here. So there's a lot of things that Mike Hazen has done as GM here that he doesn't really get credit for. And that is how the Diamondbacks are to the point that they are today. Don't get it twisted. It's not luck. It is absolutely Mike Hazen and GM doing everything he could to repair yeah. this franchise after Dave Stewart and that entire regime with Tony La Russa absolutely just burnt the landscape uh, with, with their decision-making and, and their personnel decisions. It was an awful thing that he was left, and he's done a fantastic job at, at getting this Diamondbacks team back to being competitive. And while also, like, we just had that question about, is this the brightest future? Like, the Diamondbacks are not only competitive now in, in the today day, but they are also competitive looking forward. They look like the future is bright for this team. And Mike yeah. Hazen deserves credit for this team being in that in that position. And that's maybe the next conversation we should have is, should the Diamond, if indeed it is true that Mike Hazen is only under control through the end of next season, have have we seen enough at this point where the Diamondbacks should extend Mike Hazen and make him the GM of this team for even longer? He's already in his seventh season as, yeah. the, as the Diamondbacks general manager. He's had a pretty long tenure here, and he's made mistakes along the way. 
Uh, he would certainly admit that. Uh, he has he admitted that. Pretty blatantly <laughs> said, like, yes, I didn't love that I traded Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Um, and he even kind of admitted that the Mad Bum deal might have been might have been a, a bit yeah, of a bad deal. Yeah, one, I mean, I don't know? think he has to admit that. No, either. like but, we all kind of know. Right. Like, yeah, Mike Hazen kind of screwed that one up. But I mean, it's, it's hard not to just get, him. It's hard to get up there in front of us, bunch of idiots, and sit there and and kind of eat crow with some of the decisions you've made. And to sure. be honest, Mike Hazen is fairly good about that. And uh, I mean, he doesn't dwell on it too much. And like he says, he can't or else he'd lose even more sleep than he's already losing. But uh, yeah. Mike Hazen cares about this organization a tremendous amount. And I think that what we've seen is, again, him rebuild an organization that was fractured. Uh, I don't I don't know how he did it. But, you know, there was a period of time where he, you know, accumulated more draft picks than any team I've ever seen in baseball. So it wasn't uh, necessarily all his doing. No, no, exactly, it wasn't. But it wasn't. But I mean, you know, I mean, a I large, mean, they get you get a draft pick because, you know, Matt McClain doesn't sign one year. And so you get in that, you know, you very get true. A draft very true. Uh, a pick to compensate he, he the next out year to but, have this bounty of draft picks. But yeah. he did also work his way towards that and knowing that that big bounty of draft picks was going to turn the future of this team around. Matt McLean had the had the walk off hit for the Reds. Yeah, that was, that was the same. Was a galaxy very good baseball yeah. player. Yep, he's still he looks, helping he the Diamondbacks out. Mike um, told Mike told Matt McLean back in the day, "Do not sign because in five years' time, six years' time, you will be hitting a walk off to yeah. make us." First place in the NL West. That's how much there he knows go. baseball. He's he's literally he's he's a psychic. Because <laughs> clearly that would have made more sense than than wanting him to do that for your own team. You would have rather said no. Stop poking holes in his <laughs> theory, him all right? Specifically well. Just to tell him that. <laughs> uh, well, let's take a look ahead at the rest of this series because the Diamondbacks take the first game of their road trip and have a chance to now maybe uh, maybe go out there and. Smack Patrick Corbin around a little bit tomorrow. Sonny Gray, a very good pitcher, so not an easy task uh, in either of these games. But Merrill Kelly against Sonny Gray, a very good matchup. And Zach Davies out there against uh, Corbin, I feel pretty good about. I think Zach Davies is is uh, is getting better each outing, and I'm interested to see his next start. Yeah, Davies hasn't really looked great so far. Uh, it sort of felt like the changeup hasn't been there for him all that much. He really pitched with his sinker a lot in in his last start, was able to get some decent results with that. But in order to really be at his best, Zach Davies needs his changeup to be one of the best changeups in all of baseball. And, uh, you know, we'll see if, if that returns for him tomorrow. Patrick Corbin has had a reasonably nice year for the Nationals, relatively speaking. A 4.92 ERA is not good. Uh, but a year ago, uh, Derek, uh, Patrick Corbin had a 6.31 ERA and went 6-19, and 19. and the year prior to that, he had a 5.82 ERA and went 9-16. And 16. and uh, for those keeping track at home, he is on a $140 million contract that extends through the end of next year. Sort of felt like this might have been uh, the end of the road for Patrick Corbin, where the Nats would have just had to pay him off and send him on his way, uh, and you know maybe Corbin would have picked up a minor league deal or whatnot somewhere else. But he's held his own this year. I wouldn't say he's been particularly good. Uh, but an interesting pitching matchup tomorrow. And, and Josiah Gray uh, has been pretty good for the Nats this year as well, a 3.09 ERA. His whip is pretty high. His whip is above 1.4, I believe. Uh, so I'm not so sure that a, a 3 ERA is sustainable, uh, allowing that many base runners. But he's been pretty decent for, for the Nats overall and formerly a top prospect in, in the Dodgers organization. So, yeah, the D-backs are going to need to keep the foot on the gas and try to win this series. Uh, the D-back schedule ahead remains fairly easy. I, I don't want to take too much away from their opposition. But again, like I said, they have the Nats and then they have the Tigers. 
Uh, I think the Philadelphia Phillies after that. Uh, so again, it's not uh, it's not terrible. Uh, they work. They have the Cleveland Guardians, then the Brewers, then the Giants, and then the Rays. So we know we talked about yeah. you know uh, there's some challenges at the beginning and the end of the month, but in between there, including this series with the Nationals, there's a lot of winnable games, and I think the Diamondbacks. Uh, just need to keep their foot on the pedal because things get really tough after this July, August, September. That's when things get challenging for this team. That's when they start seeing uh, a lot of those NL West opponents come back around. But for now, they just have to worry about kicking around the the Rockies and, you know, and, and the Giants until we get those Dodgers back. So uh, but next month, next month, a lot of lot of tough opponents next month, including uh, the Blue Jays and the Braves again. Uh, Seattle Mariners, who just strike out a shit ton, apparently. But uh, a lot of a lot of games here the Diamondbacks can win. Build up on that lead, because like I said, the Diamondbacks, <laughs> I just can't believe I get to say this, uh, are the first place team in the National League West, in sole possession of first place in the National League West. Go Diamondbacks. This is just a fun team to watch. But uh, I wanted to ask you, is your father a difficult person to shop for, Jesse? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dad, if you're watching, I'm so sorry, no. but 100% yes. <laughs> no, dads, dads are not easy to shop for. I know I'm 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 getting into that territory of the not easy to shop for dad. Like, ah, don't you're get becoming me wrong. that guy. Yeah, huh? cuz I'm the guy now that has everything. Like so much so that I literally have have to like actively stop myself from purchasing things for myself. Because I have to be an adult. And I mean, say, no one can buy you shirts, right? You absolutely mean, not. No, I, no. I shudder not to think of how shirts not polo is. shirts. No, I am. Those are completely off the board. So, uh, but you know, what I do want. I want meat, Jesse. Uh, and every dad wants meat. Oh. And of course, uh, you can get your dad some meat over at OmahaSteaks.com. They have. Uh, some delicious, oh so tender steaks, and uh, it, they have an entire package that comes with all sorts of meat. I cooked my pork chops. Actually, I can't oh, say did this. You? I didn't. I my wife cooked them, ah. but she did cook them based on my recommendation of using your recipe. So in a way, <laughs> I was still involved in that triangle. And you Wait, were absolutely my, right. My recipe. Yeah, what did I tell you? Put a little flour on it and pan oh, fry. Oh, yeah, oh, I that. did. Like I a did cast say iron that. Skillet is what we ended up doing them, and they just. They came out excellent. So great dinner. Great dinner. And for a limited time right now, when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter the code PHNXDBACKS into the search bar, you will be able to order the dad's favorite gift package for just $99.99. Plus, you will get eight free Omaha Steak burgers uh, with your order. The burgers taste like a steak on a bun and are ultra lean. Uh, Pack a bold, intense, beefy flavor. It comes with four bacon-wrapped fillets, four premium aired chilled boneless chicken breast, four boneless pork chops, four gourmet jumbo franks, four made from scratch scratch apple tartlets, caramel apple tartlets. They're absolutely delicious. And of course, a bottle of the Omaha steak seasoning and those eight free Omaha steak burgers all for $99.99. Uh, remember, gifting is easy. Dads just want steak. That's it. Uh, steak isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com and type PHNXDBACKS into the search bar and order the dad's favorite gift package for Father's Day today. That's omahasteaks.com, keyword PHNXDBACKS. Uh, and, you know, of course, if you want to be an extra special child for your father on Father's Day, 
get your dad a new recliner over at morefurniture.com. Uh, or if you are uh, in any way related to Jesse's family, maybe a Chase Lounge for your dad. But uh, what, it does run in the family. It does. Yeah, it's it like a, a, a long thing. line of a Chase line, Lounge everybody, everybody has a Chase Lounge in his family. <laughs> Uh, whatever furniture your family bloodline appreciates and, and covets, <laughs> you can get that over at morefurniture.com. Every, every family bloodline, yeah. you, they all have a piece of furniture that they obsess absolutely, over. Absolutely, you know? What's yours, Derek? Uh, just, you know that, it's office chairs. The ones <laughs> right, that I beat right. up with the, with yeah, the, of with course, the baseball of bat, you know, when I'm angry. <laughs> but uh, you can also get whatever you get ordered uh, delivered with their white glove delivery service, which we received here at the office and made things so much easier, uh, made our lives so much easier. Uh, stay big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Uh, before we get out of here, we wanted to once again talk about a very special story with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Christian Robinson, one of their top prospects in their organizations at one point, uh, finally played his first baseball game. We talked about that a bit, uh, had himself a good day and looks very much like uh, like a baseball player. looks like he's ready to be back, but he spoke to the media on Monday and expressed some of his feelings about being back to playing meaningful baseball games. And we have some video, but Jesse, uh, you were you were there in that meeting, and I just want to get your thoughts on on what you know Christian Robinson's reactions were like to to being back to baseball. Yeah, it was really interesting the way that they did this press conference. Uh, his agent was there, Josh Barfield was there, uh, a pretty pretty large crew uh, there in support of him. Um, but yeah, the way that he he opened the press conference, he sort of made he sort of gave a statement, um, and he basically made a statement about. Uh, sort of raising awareness for uh, mental health uh, and yeah. and kind of, you know, he thanked uh, he thanked all of us in the audience for giving him a platform to share his story. Uh, you know, obviously, in a situation like this, they're going to try to find uh, any way to, you know, uh, make it as um, as comfortable of, of a situation for him as possible. I can understand being in his shoes. Uh, it's not being something- in your first press conference after this whole situation you'd maybe be a little bit on edge about what kinds of questions might be tossed your way or whatnot. Um, And it's not easy to open up, right? Yeah. I mean, you might want to open up to people in your lives, but to open up to the media on like a zoom call, it's, it's, it's a bit much to let people into your life like that, you know, but I, I thought that that was great that he opened up with that. I really did. I think it is important. And I think once again, it's something we've talked about quite a bit on this program, right? How, how poorly this could have gone for him and how, grateful we all should be to see him back to playing baseball games and to being part of this organization and potentially being someone that can repay this organization for their dedication to him with with his performance yeah and i mean so far he's played six games for visalia 308 uh 357 on base 462 slugging percentage pretty pretty good numbers so far the baseball still he can he can still hit the baseball Uh, But here was uh, a clip from uh, the press conference on Monday, just Christian talking about what it's like to be back and kind of the emotions that he's walked through so far. Well, it's it's been excitement, you know, it's been joy, happiness. Um, Nothing beats playing at at 6 6 p.m., 7 p.m. every night. And I've been reminded of that and I am just grateful for it so uh yeah I, I have butterflies right now and that's what i've been building all week so uh, yeah um it's 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 all been positive emotions all around he's got the smile that can light up a room man I love yeah the smile. he really does and he looks really uh 
I don't know. He looks really happy. He, you know, it's it's something that I, I'm yeah. sure he's very happy to be at this point and to have overcome everything that he's had to overcome to get back to, you know, playing for this organization. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I talked with Christian a few years back when he was in Kane County, uh, really pretty close to the end of that season back in 2019, the last time he played minor league baseball. Um, and I was struck then, too, by just how joyful he seemed to be, uh, just a really good nature, just, uh, you know, a guy who who really, yeah, his smile absolutely takes over a room from what we saw. Uh, but, yeah, you can tell that he's just kind of himself again. Um, that's something that Josh Barfield really emphasized when we talked with him a couple weeks ago, uh, was just that, you know, that moment when Christian found out that his visa was being approved and he could finally get back to playing the game that he loved. Uh, Josh was like, that's like the first time that I've seen Christian be Christian again. Right. Uh, and you can imagine, I mean, having the, the sport that you love so much taken away from you for that long and not really being able to do anything about it, uh, was you know, must have been really hard. And, and there wasn't really a clear end in sight for parts of this process. It was kind of unclear at different points in this process whether Christian Robinson ever would be able uh, to play professional baseball again. Um, but we have another clip that I really, uh, really thought was was cool uh, from Christian where he's talking about what it's like to just have teammates again and be able to root for those teammates uh, in game. So here's here's that clip. I'm, I'm the biggest cheerleader. Uh I, I try to be myself, <laughs> but definitely for other people, you know, I'll I'll put uh, Gavin Conticello, uh, one of our third basements, um, uh, on blast here. But he hit a home run. I mean, absolutely, uh, yeah, crushed his ball. And I was jumping up and down uh, in the dugout, couldn't stop uh, shouting and, and yelling for him, and had to had to remember that you know we. We were up by a lot, and I, I wanted to—I didn't want to disrespect the other team, so I had to quiet myself down. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm the biggest cheerleader for my teammates, and, and it's fun celebrating with them. Same, I am the biggest cheerleader for my teammates too here at PHNX. <laughs> No, I mean, all except for Totri. Oh, oh, fuck Totri. Uh, no, no, but all jokes aside, right? Like what he has gone through has to be a very lonely process right and especially yeah. when you have grown up your entire life being a baseball player being part of a team being part of a group of guys that support you through thick and thin when you go through something like what he has gone through it's a very personal experience but it's a very lonely experience and a lot of the stuff you're doing even though you might have help even though you might have people trying to you know point you in the right direction guide you contact you and make sure you know you have the organization that cares about you and is checking in it's still something that is left up to you to take care of and a problem for you to get through and that's that's not easy you know and so yeah. i imagine rejoining a team uh has to feel very good just to have that support group around you and to have the that those guys around you you know just just being able to play the game you love and, and being able to support you know have that support structure Christian was also asked in this presser if he had any goals uh, set for this season. Of course, everyone wants to know, you know, are you, are you hoping to be in AAA by the end of the year? Are you hoping to hit 20 home runs or, you know, whatever it may be? Uh, his answer was simple. He just said play. My goal for the season is just to play. Yeah. And you can tell that at this point, which makes a lot of sense, Christian is not really at all. 
I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far as to say he's not interested in like the future of his big league career and eventually reaching the majors. But right now, what really is on his mind more than anything is just getting back to playing the game that he loves and just sort of from a mental standpoint, uh, just trying to kind of work his way back from everything that he's been through over the last few years. And it might take him a while, Derek, like, you know, the results so far have been pretty good in Visalia. Um, but, it, you know, he might have a little ways to go. Uh, before he's going to be ready for the majors, you know, not just from a skill standpoint, but from a from a mental standpoint, you know, I mean, he's really bounced back from a lot. And uh, I think there's still, you know, maybe some more growth there to come. But he's clearly on the right path right now and seems really happy with how things have, have turned out. And uh, it's also interesting that he absolutely adored playing in Hillsborough. Uh, I remember talking with him back in 2019. Uh, Hillsboro at that point was the low A affiliate, not the high A affiliate for the Diamondbacks. So he played in Hillsboro already. And uh, oh, and you're, of course, you're sporting of the hops. I'm sporting hat. the hops right now. Um, and he talked about uh, when I interviewed him back in 19, just how the fans there really had his back and how he really enjoyed playing there. Um, and he's in pretty good position to work his way back up there at some point this season. So that would be another really fun chapter in, in this story for him. Uh, but yeah, you know, long way to go uh, as far as his, his progression to the majors, but he's in a good spot right now. And uh, there's no one in the Diamondbacks organization that has more raw talent uh, in their farm system right now than than Christian Robinson, potentially. So it'll be a lot of fun to to watch him on this journey. Kyle in the chat correctly said the first time, even though he corrected himself, I want Christian Robinson to do well so bad and not just because he is a D-backs prospect. And I think that's it. I think that there's a lot of people that feel that way about him. We just want to yeah. see him. We just want to see him bounce back and, and play baseball again. Uh, Connor in the comments said, man, I want to see him in a D-backs uniform. Seems like a great guy. He absolutely is. Uh, and like Jesse said, the one thing about him is he's, He's just very joyful when it comes to playing this game. Uh, he, it's 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 intoxicating. It's infectious. It's something that uh, he just he he seems to be the kind of person that absolutely loves baseball. Uh, and I'm glad, like you guys said in the chat, I'm glad that this organization, this team, stuck by him over the years because this isn't something that necessarily every organization is going to do. Uh, Kevin, you're an angel. He says, when is the next? PHNX takeover plug wink. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you that five dollars I promised you. But uh, the next PHNX takeover is on July 25th against the St. Louis Cardinals. Paul Goldschmidt coming to town. Game starts at 6:40. You guys, we are sitting in section 144. Jesse, we're under the front. We're under that home run porch. Oh, we're right there. there. See Corbin Carroll right there. We're just going to be nuzzled up right next to Corbin Carroll when we're in section 144. So do not miss that game. Uh, I do think we're trying to get uh, some batting practice uh, passes again, which I don't know if it would be on field or not. But this last time there was like 500 kids on field. So you weren't getting <laughs> anything signed anyway. You're, you're Unless you were busting through that line of kids, that front line of kids, you aren't getting anything signed. But uh, we'll see it on a future one if we can get down there. Uh, and of course, it's just fun to be in there early. I believe that game, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is also a giveaway night. Oh, I'm not sure. I think that is the giveaway night for, in fact, the throwback Diamondbacks jersey. So if we do get batting practice passes to that, the one beautiful part about that I realized this last oh. takeover is that we get in early and you are, in fact, going to get one of the giveaway items. So uh, is it the is it the is it the no, uh, I don't no? see any July no. 25th. I don't see. Oh, it's, is it July 25th? 25th? Is that what yeah. I said? 
Yeah. And the giveaways are normally on Saturdays. That's right. right. That's, a, that's right. That's there is game. one coming up, though. I think it's Saturday, August 12th, potentially against the San Diego Padres. What is that one? That oh, is the throwback that's replica. The throwback. Yeah. There so that go. is our next one after that. So the August 12th game against the Padres. Uh, we are in section 131 for that one, and they will be giving away the throwback jersey. So again, that thing is going to have probably a lot of. Oh my God! It's gonna it's it's a beautiful jersey, and yeah, we saw people line up hours and hours. We we got in early access, and people were there four or five hours already in, in line early for the uh, tribal cap. So make sure you guys join us for that. We appreciate you guys being here tonight with us, and of course, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Go Arizona Diamondbacks! This team remains a wagon. This team is a wagon. So much fun to watch, and we of course will be back tomorrow at one p.m. Uh, to talk about maybe some things other than than a game recap. Maybe we got some other stuff. Maybe we want to talk about uh, Mike Hazen's interesting comments about some trade deadline moves that this team might yeah, make. Yeah, Mike Hazen was on a podcast today, uh, made some interesting comments about what the Diamondbacks might be looking to do at the trade deadline. Of course, everyone wanted to have these conversations weeks ago. Yes. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to dive in a little bit tomorrow and start taking a closer look at what the Diamondbacks might be looking to do at the trade deadline. And probably every day between now and, and, and the trade deadline because this team is a wagon. Uh, I don't know. That's the rumor that I've heard. And they are going to be <laughs> most likely buyers when this trade deadline comes around. But like Jesse said... There's going to be a lot of teams that are buyers and a lot of teams looking for the same thing the D-backs are looking for. So you keep it locked right here to PHNX for all of your Diamondbacks news. You can follow me on Twitter at cap underscore caveman with a K. You can follow this maniac at Jesse N. Friedman. You can follow Damon, the leader of Damon's Dogs, at Damon Dog. That's D-A-W-G. And you at the how, end. How did, the Damons, how did the Damon's Dogs do on Friday? Do we I went want one to know? Two. We went one and two. We had a tough Back and forth match with Sean and, oh, and Saul. That was a uh, tough battle. It really Meanwhile, was. Meanwhile, Lindsay cooked us. Lindsay cooked us. Bad. Lindsay grilled us, served us up without Lindsay dressing. Lindsay served us up an 11 0 yeah. loss. Yeah. And it was all scored by. 11 0? Oh, it was, yeah. Uh, it was all Lindsay. We, we, we waved wow. the white flag earlier. Gerald did Wait, didn't we score one in that game? We did not we get did, skunked. Yes. We did. It was, it was 11 Le- 1. It was Leah and Sean, or Leah and Charles that lost 11 0, and then we lost 11 1 because yeah. Lindsay was just taking bodies. It was when crazy. Lindsay doesn't want to be in the sun anymore, she can make anything she wants. We won our last game, though. So we have positive positivity yeah, to look we're forward. Okay, we're building. Damon's a great leader, by the way. Okay. That's why he is the leader of Damon's dog. But, of course, uh, our show is at phnx underscore dbacks. All that aside, uh, and all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys for stopping by. We appreciate the Arizona Diamondbacks for being a wagon and winning this game. Uh, And most importantly, we thank you. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when your team is in first place in the division. 